Welcome to Hope for the Heart. So glad you're tuning in and listening today. If you've been following us, we are in Revelation chapter 9. We're going through the book of Revelation as a verse-by-verse study, or as close to a verse-by-verse study as we can get. Uh, This is a very interesting prophetic book, all yet in the future, and uh, I'm so glad to be able to be able to to be able to teach from this, get a little tongue-tied on that. And so I want to read for you some context today, some verses, so that you can know where we are and what we're talking about. It's found in Revelation chapter 9. And I want to read beginning in verse, uh, I guess, 5. Verse 5, Revelation chapter 9, uh, reading in verse 5 and following. The Word of God reads, beginning in verse 5 of chapter 9, And they were not permitted to kill anyone, but to torment for five months. And their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings a man. And in those days men will seek death and will not find it. They will long to die, and death flees from them. And the appearance of the locusts were like horses prepared for battle. And on their heads, as it were, crowns like gold. And their faces were like the faces of men. And they had hair like the hair of women, and their teeth were like the teeth of lions. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings were like the sound of chariots, of many horses rushing to battle. And they have tails like scorpions and stings, and in their tails is the power to hurt men for five months. I think this is enough to read. I may be able to get to the the verse after that and cover all 11 uh, cover through verse 11, but uh, we're talking about this, uh, like last week's title, a terrifying demonic invasion, and this is uh, so important to understand that this is a judgment from God. This is the first of the woe judgments, or this is an answer to chapter 8, verse 13, when it warns the earth, earth dwellers, or unbelievers on the earth, As it says in verse 13 of chapter 8, those who dwell on the earth, this is a warning to them. There's three woes given there. And this is a warning that three more judgments are coming, and they're all worse than what you've already experienced. And so we began looking at chapter 9, verse 1, and we saw that there is a person here. This person is is a star, but this is not like any ordinary shooting star or falling star. This is a star that is referred to as a person. Uh, we looked at that in detail by showing you the, the personal pronouns attached to this and taking you to Isaiah chapter 14 and then uh, Revelation chapter 12. And, and you begin to see that this is Satan himself, and which makes it important for us to understand that what Satan is doing in verse uh, 1 and 2 is he's been given a key to the bottomless pit this pit was number two on the outline last week, of, uh, and it's, it's, it's really like a storage compartment or a tank or a prison where they house the most evil of demons in the very pit of hell. And so this is Satan. He's given the key to that pit in uh, chapter 9, verse 1, and then he opens the pit, verse 2, and that's what we see in uh, the, the second part of the outline last week, the pit. And this is a storage compartment, and out of this pit comes uh, a pollution, which was number three of last week, a filthy smoke filled with locusts. In fact, it says in verse three, out of the smoke comes locusts upon the earth, and power was given to them. And so we looked at number four, the power. This power is given to these locusts, 
And we identified these locusts not as regular locusts or insects, but these locusts, locusts are uh, demons. These are demons being released literally from the pit of hell. And so we, we take a look at this, and it becomes a very frightening thing to understand uh, that this is actually Satan himself releasing demons into the air in such a heavy mass number of them that it's it's filling the air, it's polluting the air around us. Uh, now, uh, uh, granted, I say us, I mean those unbelievers that will be during this time. We as believers believe that the rapture of the church has already happened, but at this point we are already in heaven and the earth is left to go through these judgments, uh, and it is a terrifying, terrifying time. And so out of this pit, literally the pit of the abyss, comes all of these fallen spirits or fallen demons, the abode of demons, or this prison where demons are kept incarcerated. They are actually being released, and it fills the air with the, these fallen angels because it is a, the black smoke. Now, we, we asked the question last week, could this smoke be seen? Is this something the people on the earth will see? And will they see locusts in this smoke? Well, we, we don't know. These are some, so much of prophecy, you wish you had more information. But this is one of those places, again, where we're just not given enough information to know. We do believe this is real smoke. We do believe the smoke is full of demonic activity, demonic power, with a massive number of demons being released from hell. And uh, I think I even mentioned last week an interesting study is to study uh, why these demons are in that place. Not all demons are free to just roam the earth. Uh, and so these were being enchained, and so now they're being let loose. And so that's what we have is this judgment. God is allowing Satan, giving him the key, and allowing him to release them. The key there means that he has, the authority has been given to him to open the pit. Otherwise, he could not open the pit. The key represents authority. And so this pit is being opened, and boy, what what comes out of that pit is a, the beast of hell or the demons of hell. And then it says in verse 3, they're given a power, uh, power to do certain things. And uh, we look at that and see that the, their power was was unleashed in the very heart of the, uh, the this these locusts. Verse 3, out of the smoke comes forth locusts upon the earth, and power was given to them as scorpions of the earth have power. Now, this becomes a little complicated because we we need to understand these are not real insects. These are uh, they're not. We 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 know that they're uh, that real locusts don't have all of these characteristics. These are demons, and number one, we know they're demons because of where they are where they're coming from. They're coming from the pit of hell. These are a special kind of locust. What a it is so fascinating to look at this as as who they are, because can you imagine the dread? Or Think about this. How will the news cover this as it begins to permeate across the earth, or across the planet? Uh, how will people know that it's happening? How will they, how will they respond to, the, the, say, the pollution of the smoke? Or will they see these demons? And, and we just don't know, but it's fascinating 
to think about about this. Not fascinating in a good way. It's fascinating in a very scary way because these are demons and God must create for them some form because demons are spirits. And so this form that God has given to them, uh, we know Satan can't create anything. God can create bodies or a form for these demons. And so as they're being released, God gives them the form of locusts. Now, will these locusts be seen? We don't know. And what they do is supernatural. It's just like swarming, comprehensive desolation. These are locusts from hell, and they're not insects. And so we begin to look at that and break that down for you last week, and it is just a very fascinating thing. So I want to come again to what was number five last week of the people. And this is very important because if these are demons... They're spirit beings that God has given a form. Then spirit beings, and we know from reading the Old, the Old and the New Testament, that Satan's demons, fallen angels, have the power to possess the souls of men. They enter into men. And so that is what we believe is going to be happening during this time of judgment. They're going to be inflicting this pain and, and this this destruction here that we're going to look at in just a minute. But I want to think about the people. The people that are, are, are recipients of this, uh, these very poor souls on the earth who are going to have to endure this. The people, it says, we're given a clue as to who they are when it says uh, that they are, the locusts are, are given are told not to hurt the grass of the earth, nor any green thing, nor any tree, but only, they're only to hurt the souls of men, men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. Now, I know we looked at this partially last week, but I want to get into that again because that would mean, if, if we take that literally for that, does that mean literally the 144,000 who were sealed in Revelation chapter 7 or does it mean all of the children of God, all of the believers at this time? Well, I think that's a question that, that is a very good question, and I think it deserves an answer. Uh, at this point in the tribulation period, we believe that the world has experienced a lot. Yet the church has been raptured and gone to heaven. And by now, most of the earth has figured out a lot of folks that a lot of people are missing, probably Good people, Christian people, have been missing, and they have. Uh, they're going through the tribulation period, and yet we've already seen that because of the preaching of God's word, uh, there has been multitudes of people saved, and because of the people being preached to by these hundred forty-four thousand are being saved, and so we've seen that crowd already gathering in heaven in Revelation chapter seven and in Revelation. Uh, we're going to Revelation chapter eleven. We're going to find or fourteen. We're going to find even more up there. So this is an interesting question. The, these people that are receiving this judgment are not believers. So you say, is the hundred forty-four thousand the ones that are protected? Well, yes, they are protected. They would obviously fall in this group that the locusts and the demons are told not to hurt. They can't touch them. So they bear the sign or the seal of the living God. It obviously refers to them who possess the seal. But I don't think it's unreasonable 
either to believe that those who belong to the Lord will be included in this group. And we mentioned last week, 2 Timothy, I think it's 2.18 or 2.19, it says, Nevertheless, the firm foundation of our God stands having the seal. The Lord knows those who are his own. And that's one thing we have to realize is that believers are, are believers because of what God has done for them. God has saved us, protected us uh, from, the, from his own wrath. And we know that by, by 2 Thessalonians. We know that from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And so I don't think it's stretching the point at all to think that this would include all believers. In other words, the demons cannot touch any believer who is a believer at this time, which would mean all other people, unbelievers, could be touched. So I think we would want to extend this to those who belong to God. Now, Revelation chapter 3, verse 12 tells us that it says, Who is the overcomer? The overcomer is the true believer is going to have the name of God written on him. Now, certainly... That's the seal that indicates that he belongs to God. Now, we know God knows who his own are. He knows those who belong to him, according to John chapter 6. All those who belong to him will come to him. In Revelation chapter 22, we mentioned that verse. Even though that refers to heaven, we know that that's not beyond the norm of what we can expect during the tribulation period. 22.4 says, in Revelation 22.4, They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. So I believe that even though they're talking about heaven, the Lord already knows who are his, uh, who are his people. And so I think that he identifies them. They're marked out, and these demons are not allowed to touch them. God puts very clear limitations on what they are allowed to do or whether on who they are allowed to attack, and I don't believe Christians are the ones. Now, Ezekiel chapter 9 gives us an illustration of this, and that is the Lord said to Ezekiel, go through the midst of the city, even through the midst of Jerusalem, and put a mark on the foreheads of the men who sigh and groan over all the abominations which are being committed. In other words, mark out the righteous. So when judgment comes, they don't get hit by the judgment. And I think God's going to do that for all those who are still alive during the tribulation period who have become believers and are surviving the other parts of the judgments. I don't think these demons are going to be allowed to absolutely touch them. You see, many saints will have been killed by them, martyred, died in some natural disasters, but God is not about to assault them with demons out of the pit of hell. I don't believe that. I believe it's absolutely there, free and clear of of this. They'll be marked, and so the extent of their damage is limited. And it says they will only be able to deal with those who do not have the protection of God. And so that would say all those believers are protected. All the unbelievers are left wide open for demons to come inside of them, possess them, torment them, hurt them. But I want you to look at verse 5. Verse 5 says they were not permitted to kill anyone, but to torment for five months. And their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings a man. You see, Satan is a murderer. And this tells us a lot here. They were not permitted to kill anyone. That means that this is a, a part of the judgment that he is stopping them from killing and that probably also means that ordinarily they do have the ability to kill men. If God doesn't prevent them, then they are allowed to kill men. They would, they would kill. And I think that would come 
uh, I think they'd come out of the pit and kill everybody if they could. But God puts a restraint on them. Satan is a killer. He's a murderer from the beginning. He'd kill everybody if he could. Send them to hell immediately as a direct opposition to God trying to hurt God. And so I think that these demons are not permitted to hurt man. So that brings me uh, basically, and I know I covered all this wasn't covered last week, but I, I want to begin this outline, very simple, three simple things that you can think about as we go and continue through this. Number one, the destructiveness, the destructiveness of these demons, these locusts. It's, I want you to understand it is a spiritual pain. Now, it may actually go into the physical, but I believe this demon infestation is basically a spiritual pain. It's in all the filth and the vileness of demons unleashed within a man, and not just a demon, but maybe like the man who swept away, uh, not just one demon, but many demons. It's like the example of the gospel says uh, that one man swept away one and got seven back in return in a worse condition, a more severe domination by vile demons. And so it's bad. Verse 6, In those days men will seek death and not find it. They will long to die, and yet death flees from them. So the destructiveness of these demons is that it's going to bring men to the point of death. They are going to want to die, and they are not going to be able to die. Look at verse 10, for example, look at 10 in the, uh, Revelation chapter 9. They have tails like scorpions and stings, and in their tails is the power to hurt men for five months. Well, how much hurt is that? Well, we have to put that alongside of verse 6. And in those days men will seek death and will not find it. They long to die, it says. In other words, they have a longing passion to die. They have lost all hope, and they are despondent and in despair and anxious uh, about the fact that they could just die. It would be over. You know, th this reminds me of one time, and now this may sound a little crazy to think about this, but I, I went deep sea fishing once. With a group of guys, we went deep sea fishing, and everybody on the boat but me and the captain did not get sick. And I'm thinking, every, all other six guys got sick. And I, I mean, they were sick, sick. If you've ever been out to sea, deep sea fishing, and you get sick, you're sick. You're really sick. So all these other six guys had their heads hanging over the boats, and you know what comes with that. They were all just very, very sick. Well, that was just about making me sick. Uh, I was left on the boat to try to catch these fish by myself. But we get back to the shore back to the pier, and boy, we, we pulled up, and everybody was so feeling so seasick, they couldn't even get out of the boat. But one guy kind of crawled out of the boat and got on the pier and just laid there. And he said something that was amazing. He, after he said, he, he said this, he said, first of all, I don't want to be moved for the rest of the day. Just let me lay here. And uh, later on, we got together, uh, back together, and we were talking about it. And he said, you know, the worst thing about being that sick at sea? He said, really, the worst thing was I knew I wasn't going to die. And, 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 and if I had just, if I knew I was just going to die and it would all be over, that, that would have been better. Well, I thought that was the craziest thing and yet funny thing I think I'd ever heard. I mean, I think I laughed like crazy. But yet when I read this in Revelation chapter 9, I see something very similar. These people are not seasick. They're being infiltrated. They're being possessed by demons that are playing with their thoughts, their minds, their anxieties, their fears. 
with their minds, and these men are desiring to die. In other words, it would be better for them if they thought well, they would just die and everything would be over. It would be okay. But here it says that they're going to long to die, and death flees from them. Now, people can't die. During the five months, people will attempt suicide. You know it will be a massive attempted suicide all over the world by people, and they cannot die. Uh, their bodies won't drown. They can't jump off uh, buildings. They, it, it, I don't know what all they're going to do. Bullets won't be fatal. Uh, falls won't crush them. They just won't die. Well, how do we interpret that? I don't know. That's part of the judgment. This, again, is a, uh, believe it or not, actually is a tone of grace here, isn't it? That the gospel is still being preached on this earth. And these people can't die, which means they can still listen. They can still hear. And this this timing of this destructiveness is said here that it's for five months. Uh, five months is what verse 5 says. But to torment for five months, they've got to live with whatever pain and agony these demons are causing. And so this is, you can tell, a very frightening time for the earth. Very terrible time for people to have to go through this. And that's why I wanted to just break apart from last week a little bit and give you a little bit more on this because these verses speak to the destructive nature of these demons being released from the very pit of hell to torment and hurt men. Now, again, we don't have all the information here, but we know that demons do possess people. And demons possess people, and we've seen pictures of it in the Old Testament and the New Testament of what happens to these people. And it is not a pretty picture. You can almost tell it is excruciating agony. They're filled with demons. Their thoughts are vile and wicked and wretched as they can be. And only by the sovereign grace of God could anybody repent in that condition. There's nothing good left, and the worst of all, they know there's no future, no hope, and they just want to die. But even that they fail at. They cannot even die. So it's going to be hard for people to survive without hope. It's going to be a long five months. And I think that's part of this that John is telling us here, is that he didn't ordinarily give us any duration or length of time of these judgments. He just says this is going to happen, and boom, it happens. But this one, he tells us, the torment will last five months. And so, we know it is going to be a very terrible five months. How do we know that? Well, first of all, because number one, the destructive nature of these demons is to destroy. But number two, the description that is given of these demons. Look at the description that the Bible gives of these demons. And we'll look at this, and we can, we can, we're going to have to run through it because... You, you can't really dissect this because we don't really have all the information. We can just look at this, and it goes really from verses 7 through verse 9, basically. Verse 10 gives a little bit more meaning to it. But you look at this, and the appearance is, is, is unveiled. Uh, the description here is given to us. It says the appearance of, of locusts was like horses prepared for battle. These are exaggerated features on these locusts, and they're described not in any kind of locust that anybody's ever seen. So these aren't real locusts. But John in his vision sees them as some kind of formidable spiritual army. And by the way, you'll want to compare such a description, the first five verses of Joel chapter 2, with this, and you'll see some similarities. But notice when you go through here, and this will help us a little bit. 
He's not saying these uh, uh, locusts are, are, are horses. He's not saying that they have a face like men. He's not saying they have hair like women. He uses the words like or as nine times. So this is the description that is an attempt to describe them as if they were like locusts. Their appearance was like horses prepared for battle. That just simply means probably, we don't know for sure, but it means very very clearly to me that they are warlike, they're defiant, they're armed, and they're powerful, and they're bent on destruction. It says their heads are crowned with like gold. That is shining and sovereign. They have crowns, and which would be Stephanos, the victor's crown. Uh, they, they are invincible. They, they are no cure for their strength, uh, for sting. They are uh, dominant. They are sovereign. They are victorious. And then it says their faces were the faces of men. What does that mean? Well, they're intelligent beings, probably. It doesn't mean they look like other men and women, but they are intelligent, rational beings. Then it says their hair like women. Perhaps that's the seductive nature of how they're going to approach people and, and actually possess these people, their attractiveness, their luring ability. Their luring ability. And some of these things paralyze, by the way. They paralyze the way a locust, uh, they parallel uh, the way a locust looks. Uh, for example, Jeremiah fifty-one twenty-seven refers to locusts as having bristles kind of like hair, but their teeth were like the teeth of lions, fierce, powerful, deadly. Their breastplates are uh, in, invulnerable, uh, insensitive, and they're formidable like iron. And the sound of their wings is like the chariots or many horses running to battle. They're inescapable. There's no place for refuge. They're fast. They're mobile. Nothing stops them. And that's the picture that we have here. That's the destructive power being described here in number two of the outline, a description of what these people will see. I think they're going to see them. And I think that the actual appearance itself will bring fear into the very hearts and souls of all these unbelievers. It says it's going to be a very terrible time. But then verse 10 adds something uh, that is very interesting as well. Uh, and they have tails like scorpions and stings. And, and in their tails, their power to hurt men for five months. That's just reiterating again. In fact, I, it's like the Holy Spirit wants to say that again. For the third time, he says it. They have one purpose, to give pain, pain, pain. Hordes of demonic spirits in the millions with forms prepared somehow by God in this vision to show John what a frightening and horrible, terrorizing thing this is as demons possess the bodies of unbelievers and work in them the wretched wickedness that have been brewing in the pit. Man, and they do it for five months. I believe that five months takes us really close to the very end before the second coming of Christ. But then there's one other thing. There is the destroyer. Number one is the destructiveness. Number two, the description. And number three, the destroyer. And the destroyer is listed here in verse 11. Look at, listen to what it says. They have as king over them, and I want to stop right there. I believe that these demons are demons for several reasons, all of which has already been covered. But one of the reasons I believe they're demons is because it says here, these demons have a king. 
Locusts do not have a king. In fact, it even says that in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 27. It's a very unusual verse if you've ever been reading Proverbs. Uh, some people take a proverb a day and go for 31 days. But Proverbs chapter 30, verse 27 says a very strange verse stuck there. It says, the locusts have no king. The point being, you can't wipe out a locust swarm by killing the king. They don't have anyone. Nobody can figure out where the brain power is in a locust swarm. So when it says there, they have a king, that's the spirit's way of saying, these are regular locusts. These are not the locusts that you would call insects or like grasshoppers. This is not describing some historical event in the past either. These locusts have a king. It even tells us the name of the king. And look, look at what it says here in verse 11. Uh, they have a king over them. In other words, he has the power over them, the angel of the abyss. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in the Greek he has the same name, Apollyon. And both of those names translated means the destroyer. Wow. So, they have a king. It tells us his name. He's the angel of the abyss. He's head over the pit. Now, some people think this is Satan. But, you know, I'm not convinced it's Satan. Satan is the prince of the power of the air, not known anywhere in Scripture as king of the pit. And that's basically what we have here. Satan's running loose all over the earth, everywhere. He's even up in heaven, around the throne, not managing the affairs of the pit. So I think whoever this is, it could be some exalted angel who's fallen, which would be a demon, who from the very being in the from being in the very presence of God has now become the guy in charge of the pit. In other words, I think when he fell, he became head over the pit, the rest of the demons that were in in chains and in pits. He's chief of the imprisoned demons. It tells us his name, and, and the name is Abaddon and Apollyon. Both of them mean destroyer. That's who he is. He is a destroyer, and that's his name. Job 26, verse 6, says this, Naked and Sheol before him, and Abaddon has no covering. There again, Abaddon, the destroyer, is associated with death and hell, Hades and the pit. So it is perhaps best to see this as some fallen demon in charge of the pit who leads his troops out. His name is Destroyer. In fact, it, it, you get the impression here, he's leading the charge as these are going all over the whole world in, in, as, as, a, as an unbelievable swarm of demons who are very destructive, devastating destructive. And it's unthinkable how bad this would be. But this is what awaits men who reject Christ. What an awful, awful time. You can ask it again. You can ask it in a hundred ways. Why do men not turn from their wicked ways and their sinful ways and turn to Christ? Well, the answer again is it because men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. They love their sin. And God mercifully, mercifully, keeps saying, turn, turn, or you will die in your sins. And to die in your sins is to face judgment. Thank you for again for joining us. For now, this is William Rogers, and you've been listening to Hope for the Heart. 
in a powerful, powerful section of the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 9. But you know what? This is not as bad as next week. Wait till you see and hear next time as we look at more demonic power. Or is it demonic power? Or is it the uh, troops, soldiers from China? We're going to take a look at that because that is a very controversial section. Join us next time for Hope for the Heart as we look at Revelation chapter 9, verses 13 through 21. Thank you.